Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And this is a unbelievable treat for me to have the Sales Rebellion as a part of our Intentional Encourager Roundtable series. I am talking about Jeff Viegas, Dale Dupree, Josh Deshay, Chris Watson, and last but not least, Joy Hewitt Carvajal, joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, Sales Rebellion, how are you guys today? What's up? <laughs> what is up? See, I, I had to I had to wear gear because I knew all of these guys would have gear on of some kind. And if I were I, I was trying to imagine if I were a part of the sales rebellion, because Deshay is is he's the he's the rebel lion. You've got the fearless leader in Dupree, the voice, Chris Watson, the encourager, Joy Hewitt Carvajal. Jeff, you're just like the mastermind of, of the rebellion. I would be the village idiot of the rebellion. Of the rebellion. That would be my role is that, you know, Sexton would be like, and here's Sexton, the village idiot of the, the, the sales rebellion. So you just got to No, that's harsh. Me. That's harsh. That's me, man. That's Josh. Josh. Well, Josh is the rebel lion. I mean, <laughs> how cool is that? You can be the rebel lion, too. I mean, you I have to admit it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. All right, so you bounced in late. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the, on the spot, Deshae. Um, when you think about what we're dealing with right now and, and the people that have, that have come to you and said, Josh, I'm not sure where to go with this thing. I'm not sure what to do. What do you find yourself telling them more and more every day that this pandemic goes on? And we're recording this in the midst of COVID-19. But what are you finding yourself saying all the time to people that are coming to you saying, I don't know how to handle this? First, first thing I'm telling them is they're not alone. I mean, the vast majority of us can't figure this out. Um, and so I think the first thing we have to realize, right, is that we're not in control. And by the way, we've never been in control, ever. And I think what we can take from this situation is we can finally, hopefully, wash our hands of this idea that we control everything in our sphere because we don't we don't control any of it I, i'll say this again as someone who has run a company who has run my own business who has led people who has been a worker bee I, i've always worked in the past with this idea and this notion that I, and i'm not and so that's I thought Josh was going to say something insightful. So, you know, I, I'm sure he said something brilliantly insightful that, that, we're, that is resounding. But Josh, yeah, but Josh, you're, you're right is that. Okay, sorry. No, you're, 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 you're 100% right. I want to go to Chris for a minute because, Josh, what you're saying is the story that is, is being told internal has to change. Chris, when you think about someone's internal story, and, and the way that, that it can be used to encourage them, how powerful is, is your internal story in providing the right encouragement you need on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, when we have 
any moment in our life that breaks the normal script. So COVID-19 or losing your job or the unknown, whenever you have a defining moment like that, you have an opportunity to create something that is lasting. And so your options are when defining moment happens that way, you either can start looking in the past. Why did I get fired? Why am I going through this? Why am I feeling this way? And start telling yourself a story of negativity, really, of, oh, I'm here because I, I, I've never been good enough. I'm here because dad was right. I'm here because my manager was right. You know why I'm here? I'm here because I wasn't good enough and that's why I got fired. Or you have an opportunity to say, because all this happened, I don't want to be the furloughed person again next time. I don't want to be the individual that is not going to be prepared for if, if COVID-19 happens again at some point in my life. And I'll tell you, like, if you want a real story, earlier today, I spoke with somebody that just got laid off a week ago. And I was just asking, like, what were you going through? How are you feeling? And they worked for a very large company that if I said it here on the podcast, everybody in here has used this app before in their life on their cell phone. Got laid off. You wouldn't expect that person to get laid off. And I said, what are you going through? And he goes, well, immediately right when it happened, I was like, why did you let this happen? I can't believe you let this happen. You should have hit your numbers. Wow. Yeah. Then, sec- then secondly, to, to, to kind of wrap it up, secondly, he said, I set, I set wrong expectations. I was drifting. I wasn't continuing to grow. I wasn't challenging myself. So now you know what opportunity he gets? He's in the challenge of a lifetime. So now he has an opportunity to build upon this and say, I will never let myself coast again. I will never allow myself to not feel like I'm trying to level up. And so I think it, it really starts from that place, uh, you know, with people that are maybe losing their job or just really kind of going through a real, uh, maybe a depression stage or they're isolated or they're alone, is that you got to start looking inward to say, am I my own worst enemy, my own worst critic? Yep. And Joy, when you think about that, you, you are a natural encourager yourself. You, you love encouraging people. When you think about what, what Chris just said, what's the first piece of encouragement that you would give that person that, that has said, I did this to myself, and instead of beating themselves up, what, what encouragement would you give them to just get back on the horse and ride, so to speak? I think it is important to take responsibility for your part in things because otherwise we deflect and we blame everybody else. Um, but at the same token, it's kind of a process you have to go through where you say, okay, you take responsibility for the areas in my life where I, I did something to affect what's happening today, right? And then we take the next step and we say, okay, now how am I going to change my thought pattern and walk forward differently? What am I, what changes am I going to make so that I don't let these happen, things happen again, not because I can necessarily control them, but because I can give up my control over them. Um, and, but in admitting our own fault. Uh, and then I would say that you need to look to God and let him show you who you are and who you've been created to be so that you can walk out fully in your purpose and your calling, because otherwise you're going to make and fall in the same way and the same mistakes over and over again, until you let God heal those places that our wounds inside of you. Cause even I'd say getting let go from a job or feeling discouraged, like that creates wounds in us and we can either choose to be better or we can choose to be bitter, right? Like we have to make a choice as to what we're going to, what we're going to do. And are we going to make ourselves better from this or get bitter and blame everybody else, ourselves, hate ourselves. Like we need to talk nice to ourselves. We need to be, we need to be kind. We, we talk really evilly to ourselves often 
and we tend to believe about 90% of what we tell ourselves and that's really dangerous and we, t we talk some crap, right? Yeah. And so I would say that we need to start talking to ourselves better and speaking life back over ourselves and if we're struggling to find words or thoughts, we need to tune into podcasts like this. We need to listen to music that's actually going to build us up, not tear us down and not going to literally put more evil in our heart, right? Yeah. Like there's a plenty of music out there that's going to get you just as depressed as you already are. So find something that's going to like lift you up, get yourself, lift your head up and look, look to the sky where your help comes from. That's that's a hundred percent right. Jeff, I love your, your calm demeanor and approach. And there are a lot of times when people are just finding themselves in the midst of a, a storm, how important is, is finding that inner calm and inner balance in, in being able to lift yourself back up over those circumstances? Yeah, I'm not good at that. <laughs> you you seem to be Shirley really good at that. Man. Earlier yeah. today, I was like, <laughs> not very calm and organized, right? But no, I mean, the truth about that is it's the community of people that's around us, right? We, like, yes, there's, we have to be able to pick our own selves up. But to everything else that's been said, we have to recognize that the people around us and the things that they are saying have to also be a part of the story that we tell ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. That it's not just that the reality, because it's, it feels like a reality to us, whatever's in our head, it's what feels real. And unless we are taking the input, right? Input is so critical, like Joy said, listen to something that's gonna like, not be like, oh, I was at the club, or oh, like reinforcing these things that, that really don't bring satisfaction in the first place, right? So the inputs of the community and playing that into the real that we're telling ourselves, right? Because that is our reality. What we tell ourselves is, is our reality. And so we have to be intentional about allowing the community to participate in the story in our head about us. Yeah. So like when I get back up, it's because of the people around me. Man, that's so and true. And I'm starting to listen to what they say and realize that it's true and realize like, Oh, this thing I have in my head is only is only a very small piece of the reality, you know. So, Dale, I, I want I want to ask you because you built your reputation as the copier warrior, and and I think that's so brilliant to to found that concept within you. What did you do in those days that you didn't feel like the copier warrior? How did you motivate and encourage yourself? to just go out there and be legendary, like your, like your shirt says. I love that, man. How, how do you overcome those days when legendary just isn't there? Well, I think so. One of the things I think that's different about me is that I am a bit of a psycho. And so I kind of enjoy the, <laughs> the attention that comes with doing something extremely different. But what I will say is that it's, it's very difficult to do the same thing consistently, getting the same kind of results that I was in the beginning, which was a lot of criticism from my peers and the community around me that was in the industry. So, because I think one of the things that we typically in, we do in the beginning is we go to people that are there. Technically, we look at them as harmless. We think, oh, this is somebody that sells copiers and this is somebody in my like direct support group, I'll, I'll show them, they'll love this. And when everyone's just kind of like, you're stupid, this is dumb. None of this will work. It, it builds 
a little bit of doubt into you. And eventually you kind of get a little bit of imposter syndrome with it as well too, where you think, am I this person that they're describing? This dummy, this idiot. And, you know, so maybe it's a little bit different than what most people deal with, with imposter syndrome to some extent, but what fed me was the actual results, not the criticism that was just hype because other people didn't have the guts to take a stand for themselves and personally brand inside of our industry because they should have, and they knew they should have, but they didn't because they were worried about their boss firing them or whatever the case may have been. I started to recognize just how powerful I was. And I don't mean that from a, a, an abusive power perspective, but that Dale Dupree is enough. And, and that the copier warrior is who I am and that I have to believe in the copier warrior. I can't just say that it's something I like. It's something I have to believe in on a daily basis. And so the affirmation that I had to seek and find was from my community, not from my peers and the support that I had directly inside of my industry, because that's full of typically full of naysayers that wish that they would have done what you did in the first place. Right. So yeah. You've got to go out and, and take the risk, which is the scariest part, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to take this weird looking brick to this customer and see what happens. And if they freak out or if they love it, and I'm going to carry the sword into their office and see what happens. Or if they freak out, I'm going to take this six foot cardboard cut out of myself into their office and see what happens. It's a little freaky, but there it is in those moments that you reaffirm why you do what you do even when people are negative about it it's like the best negativity you've ever experienced in your life it's the craziest thing and and so it was more or less a belief in myself that i had to com continually affirm through building my community and and opening my eyes to the real criticism right? Which was the people that were really truly being affected by what it was that I was doing and not the people that were just on the outside looking and wishing they had done it. You know what I did, man? I, I just carried around a red freezer bag that had Sara Lee on the top and said, you guys want a muffin? Take a muffin, you know, just feed people, you know, and, and, you know, that's how I got to be 360 pounds. So, I mean, you know, what can I say? It didn't, didn't, you know, didn't quite suffice. I want to follow up on what you said though, Dale. And, and I'll move around the, the, to the rest of the guys in this call. But a lot, what I was thinking when you were talking about that is, and, and I know Josh and Chris are big football fans. I'm a huge football fan. Um, Jeff and Joy, they, they like sports as well. You, you're a big soccer fan. But a lot of times people, football players especially, because the NFL is just kicking off, a lot of guys flip a switch when it's time to play. And they become this person that just is this rabid monster because that's what they have to do to psych themselves up to get ready to play. And then when, after the game, they're, they're just calm and cerebral. But in that, for that 60 minutes, they're this whole different other person. Dale, how, how easy is it for people to flip the switch and go, if I want to be successful, I've got to be that person? Well... I will so because I played sports. By the way, I don't. I think Jeff's sport is fishing. That just for the record, I just want to put that out there. Um, I I played sports. He's so that's what, why he's so calm. That's why I said he's so calm and serene. It's yeah. like a day on the lake, you know. He is. He's he's the guy on the lake all the time. So so 
I will say that I watched other people like flip the switch and I didn't like it. So I think there's two switches. I think there's one you force on and there's one that you naturally turn on. And and I was the naturally turn on switch where we go out on the floor and you'd think like, this guy's kind of big for his age. Cause I was, I was like abnormally tall and I had a beard at 12 years old. It was weird. And <laughs> And because of that, I was already kind of intimidating. But when I came out on the floor, I wasn't like in your face and I wasn't breathing down your back and I wasn't blowing kisses. I was I was just walking around giving daps and saying like, good luck, very simply to people. And I think that that's what probably caused the respect factor to turn up because what, what people slowly realized, not just that I played against, but my team, the people in the crowd, People used to come and watch me play basketball. I know it's crazy. And if Jack Wilson's listening right now, he wants to say something so bad. I promise you. He thinks he's so much better at basketball than me, but he's not. But people would that would come and watch, they would say, you know what we love is your Christ-like attitude. And I and and this is the thing that I think that people need to recognize is that that's authentically Dale. And and that I draw my power from my authenticity. That I don't need I don't need 30 minutes to prep. I'm in the game all day, all night. And that's what a real athlete does. That's what a real winner, that's how they look at their lifestyle. They look at everything they do as going hard. When I order food, I go hard, right? When I do anything, I go hard, right? Like, and Jeff knows that game. Like, that's my food buddy right there. But that, and that's the thing is that you have to take this stance against mediocrity in general. You have to take it in all facets of your life. You have to do everything better than you've ever done it before. And you have to do it efficiently. Right, so it's this the concept of, again of this control, like I talked about a little bit earlier, and not this control of through manipulation and 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 power, but this control around intentional interactions with other people and what that looks like. Because if we're not being intentional in all the things that we do, whether it's on the court or off the court, because you got to be the same person that was on the court, or else I lose instant respect for you. As an, as an athlete, right. that's how I always looked at it, right? Imagine you go and you meet your favorite celebrity and, they, and, you, and you walk outside and they don't look you in the eye and they don't say anything and they like scribble something on a piece of paper and walk away. That's frustrating, right? Here it is, somebody you've been pouring your heart and soul into and they don't even care in the first yeah. place, right? So yeah. you gotta be that person at all times. Chris, how important is your voice what you're listening to, because I, I tell my son this all the time, and I shared this with my 20-year-old. I said, if you want different people in your life, you got to do different things. But that voice inside of you is what, and, and, and I come to you with this question because you're really intentional about your voice, your internal voice, and how it sounds and how it projects. Take, take the audience through a voice exercise when you're trying to tell yourself, it's going to be better. I am going to be better. I'm going to be different. Yeah, so let me take two steps back, and then I'm going to go forward. I just want to point out that when Dale's talking about fully immersing yourself in it, that if you really listen to him, he didn't fully immerse himself day one because he had to go and carry that huge sword in. He had to go to carry that huge cardboard box in. So there were some one step of immersion tiptoeing in now he's fully immersing he goes hard when he orders food but i just want to make sure everyone heard that that like there was a process and so if you just lost your job and you're like what am i going to do now it's that next step to be authentic 
whatever game you were playing with your mask on and you were working at some company as something you didn't really believe in it and you weren't able to be authentically yourself, take the next step. As far as the inside, I think it ties directly in. You know, I think the inside piece is that we fight, we're fighting our own worst enemy, which is ourselves many times. And we're telling ourselves that, you know what, I don't know if I can be successful doing that. I don't know if they're really going to like the real Chris Watson. But on the same hand, if you or on the, on the other hand, I also have struggled with, well, you're only a storyteller. Ah, you just tell stories. And so then you start to try and make up these other things that you think people want you to be. Jeff and I had a phenomenal talk probably a month ago where we were talking about the psychology of kids and how like kids, the way they actually live out their lives is they think they want, they think that their parents want them to act a specific way. So they live that out. Jeff, can you give me a nod if I'm on, on point with what we're talking about? Cool. Jeff is nodding for those of you listening in the, in the, in <laughs> yes. the uh, audio sphere. So, so in that, here's the exercise. You ready? The exercise is Chris Watson's taking on this new role today, or he's going to do something different. And he's going to be authentic for the very first time. Now you got this internal battle going on. Uh, I don't know if I really want to do it. Can I do it? Should I do it? Why don't I do it? Here's what you do. You ask yourself this one question. It's really simple. What do you want the future story to be told about you? What do you want the future story to be told about you? And I'm guessing somebody made Dale think about that. Somebody is making Jeff think about that. Quite frankly, someone makes every single person on this call think about it. That's why the intentional encourager started. That's why Josh is who he is. That's why Joy is who she is. That's why Jeff is. That's why Dale is. Because we are now living our lives being accountable to the future story that's going to be told about us. Not the story that's going to be told about us tomorrow. Not the story that's going to be told about us next week on LinkedIn. Not the story that my friend from high school that I could care less is going to tell about me back home. No, I'm living for the story they're going to tell when I'm no longer here. That's the story I'm living for. So when I start living for that story, I don't get caught up in this like internal battle because now I'm held to almost a standard that nobody can touch. Because here's yeah. the truth. I'll be gone. You can't, you can't touch my story of when I'm gone and they're talking about the legacy of the Cells Rebellion and how we've impacted millions and millions. I'm gone. So if I start living my life and start worrying about that next step for immersion, for authenticity, for the story they're going to tell, man, I start feeling that like 18-year-old self invincible and that's why I can step on the court and just be me because I'm living for a bigger story than the other guy I'm playing against. Watson missed his calling. He should have been a Pentecostal preacher. That's what Watson should have been. He should have been a Pentecostal preacher, man. Yeah, that was good stuff. Let me come to Josh real quick because I, I want I, I to kind of piggyback off of that, Josh. How important is legacy when somebody is, go, is walking through their journey in life? Because you're, you're very intentional. What I love about you is the legacy that you're trying to leave. And we're all trying to leave. But, Josh, you're especially intentional about that. Talk a bit about legacy in the midst of a journey. Yeah, and speaking of legacy, I've got my 14-year-old daughter right next to me in the car. Say hi, Michaela. She's waving. She doesn't want to say hi. Um, Josh, she's look, way prettier than you ever thought about being, man. So, you know, yeah. that, that, that's good. I'm glad she made an appearance on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank goodness. Um, no, look, I mean, legacy is, is all that matters. Because the legacy I leave is what shows other people, it points other people to God. 
it points other people to to what I did and what I realized way too late in life, by the way. You know, all this stuff about intentionality and being who we really are. And, and I spent decades being who I thought I needed to be instead of who I was. I spent years and years pretending to be this this person who had it all together when really I was almost dead inside. And it wasn't until, you know, I was, you know, 40 years old where I was able to open up to my wife about things that happened in my past that allowed me to finally come to grips with who I really am. And who I really am, by the way, and anyone listening, who you really are is exactly who God intended you to be. So being open and intentional about showing other people that is exactly what you're supposed to do. We tend to go through life and we're trying to be something else or someone else. and We're trying to live up to something. Look, every day, and he's going to pretend like I think I'm, I'm ripping on him, but I'm not. This is a, look, every day I get into this thing and say, what would, how can I do this in a way that would make someone like Dale Dupree happy? How can I do this in a way that makes Dale Dupree? I think what he said was, how can he order food like Dale Dupree orders food? How, how can he come, come strong with ordering food the way Dale Dupree orders food? Confirmed. Confirmed. Confirmed? Confirmed. Yeah, yeah confirmed. And let, me, let me step to Joy real quick here because I, I want to go to Joy and then Jeff and then everybody oh, else. I stopped I'm probably breaking up. Um, we finished your sentence, Josh. You, you, we, 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 we said that you like to order food like Dupree orders food. So, you know, we, we, we finished it for you, man. <laughs> hey, you, you, you know what's going to happen, right? There's going to be this phenomenal salesperson out there that's going to be the master of interrupt. He's going to watch this, and then he's going to go pitch Josh on some <laughs> new technology, headphones, a new phone service, cricket something like he you're gonna get pitched based upon this and you're gonna have mad respect for that salesperson because he watched this and goes hey i could pitch this guy so he looks freaking awesome on <laughs> on the sales rebellion calls i'm telling you that guy's out there i can't wait for you to pitch uh hit me up on linkedin i'll give you josh's personal number <laughs> oh my watson just came off the top rope with the atomic elbow and and just just laid it in there and, and i wouldn't yeah, whatever yeah, whatever. That's right, Josh. That's <laughs> no, I didn't hear any of it. I'm sorry. I'm driving all over the place in a little town in Texas. But and it, 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 stop that. That way, y'all can get back to the internet that works. No, like, it's what matters. Josh, you forget. I live in West Virginia. You talk about you a challenge with internet. It's a challenge with internet. Yeah, the the legacy is in West for people in West Virginia. It's <laughs> no internet. So, Joy, I got to. We can't be that unless we live who we are. So no, that, 100%. I agree with that. Joy, I want to ask you, and then I'll come to Jeff, and, and we'll, we'll finish up with, with where we're going. This has been so good. We could do four hours of this, and we will have the Sales Rebellion back for another Intentional Encourager Roundtable. But, Joy, I've got to come to you real quick because, as I mentioned earlier, you are an encourager by nature. Your story is incredible how you came to the United States and, and it's and joy is going to be on an upcoming episode of the intentional encourager podcast. We're releasing it very soon. So 
uh, go back and hear it. You'll, you'll hear this one later. But Joy, when you think about what you've overcome in your life and where you are today, what was the biggest thing that you felt like propelled you to from, from a little girl in New Zealand to where you are now with the Sales Rebellion? Oh, God, 100%. Every single thing that I've been through, God has been there for me. Every moment I've felt unworthy, unlovable, un unknown, just somebody's wife, just somebody from some weird small town in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of New Zealand, which is in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, in America, New Zealand sounds really cool, but in New Zealand, we're just New Zealand. We're grateful for it. And I came from, like, I got bullied as a kid, right? And so I'd say that God has been there so evidently my whole life. And even when I felt like I was the one who screwed it all up, I felt his love so much stronger and so much firmer. And it gives me new grace, new understanding to look at other people from new lenses and help me to look at them not for what they've done wrong, but for how much they're loved and how much they're cared about by God because I felt him do that for me. And because I felt that, I want to give that. And so that's why I'm here today is because I have felt loved. And I've lo been loved despite not being worthy of love. And I know like, we've all fallen short. We've all screwed up enough. And we've, we can all talk about how we are not worthy. But God makes us worthy. And so even Brian, you're, you're not the village idiot. You're freaking worthy, bro. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of being a part of us because we are inclusive, not exclusive. We do not cast you out and say, no, stay on the sideline. We say, come on in. You're welcome here. You're, you're worthy here because God made us worthy. His love makes us worthy, not because of anything we've done, but because of who he is, how he is, and what he's truly created us to be fully, completely ourselves in his love. Well, and I say that, and, and, and I'll, I'll be took completely transparent. To me, I use self-deprecating humor because I, I do feel like that, that I, I don't function well around people who think themselves to be something when they're nothing. Because we all put our pants on the same way. We all, we, God made us all the same way. I'm no better than Jeff or Chris or Dale or Josh or Joy anybody i'm no better than them i just i use humor in self-deprecating ways to keep myself understanding that you know what i'm nothing without god i am nothing without him i can't even take a breath without god unless god gives me the ability to do it jeff i want to finish with you man um leave the audience with your biggest piece of intentional encouragement, what, what you're encouraging yourself with right now, what, what you're, what's going through your heart and mind. I'm going to let you, I want you to have the last word, Jeff, and, and just leave the audience with intentional encouragement. Yeah. So I think that so much, I think that so many of us really need to allow ourselves to be encouraged. 
I really think that that's the truth, right? Because it's all around us in very small little pieces, in a little three words here, in a little five words here, in a little look this way, in an emoji, right? The encouragement is really all around us. And what we really have to do is train ourselves, right? Because we've been trained to be negative, whether we know it or not. So we have to train ourselves to be able to see the encouragement and allow it to affect us. That's probably my biggest struggle is that, is that I hear these things and I see these things, but I don't allow them to affect me emotionally, which is really what regulates the, the responses and the feelings, right? Like that's, that's where all those things come from. And so if there's anything that I think that the, you know, the world needs to hear right now is like, allow yourself to be encouraged. Allow yourself to receive encouragement from people un unorthodox, right? Like if you're a conservative, receive encouragement from a liberal. Go try to do it, right? Because this is, it's the act of intentionally putting yourself and seeking these things out that makes us aware. And when we think about, you know, all the things that have been said, the stories we tell ourselves, the legacy, who we are, who God says we are, like that's what we really need more than anything is to hear the encouragement because we hear the noise. The noise is loud and it's in our face and it wants every piece of attention that we have. So we have to know that and we have to allow ourselves to be encouraged. Man. What a, what a great way to end this, and uh, we'll do another one. I promise you we will have another Intentional Encourager Roundtable with the Sales Rebellion. Jeff Viegas, Dale Dupree, Joy Hewitt-Carvajal, Chris Watson, Josh Duchesne, Jeff Viegas. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I love each and every one of you. You guys are dear, dear friends. I appreciate you carving out the time to be with me today on this special Encourager round intentional incur see i'm even village idiot in my own hey, no, 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 no. watch this you can do it yeah you you yeah do you it. can do it. yeah you <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today on this special edition of intentional encouragement roundtable on the intentional encourager podcast Woo. <laughs> hey, we love you brian thanks for everything thanks for what you do it's important Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Joy, Josh, Dale. Thank you all for joining us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meads. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his work. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intention.